Hey, Wiki listeners, it's Rachel. And Victor, did you know I host the fantastic NYC Talent Show every Monday night at the Parkside Lounge in New York City? It's an off-off Broadway showcase where you can see New York's underground performance art up close. We've got weekly special guests like Colin Quinn, Janine Garofalo, Tone Bell, and lots more. Use the code WIKILISTEN for a special discount on tickets when you go to nyctalentshow.com. That's nyctalentshow.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is the Wikipedia page for J. Robert Oppenheimer, part one of two. Welcome to Wikilisten, the podcast where we read Wikipedia pages and provide commentary. I'm Victor Varnado, KSN. And I'm Rachel Teichman, LMSW, reminding you to subscribe, or else I might drop an A-bomb. I don't think that uh, you would do that, even if you could. You know what? You're probably right. Let's get started. (laughs) J. Robert Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer redirects here. For the film, see Oppenheimer film. For other uses, see Oppenheimer disambiguation. Julius Robert Oppenheimer, I didn't know his first name was Julius, April 22nd, 1904 to February 18th, 1967, was an American theoretical physicist and director of the Manhattan Project's Los Alamos Laboratory during World War II. He is often called the father of the atomic bomb. Born in New York City to Jewish immigrants from Germany, Oppenheimer earned a bachelor's degree in chemistry from Harvard University in 1925 and a doctorate in physics from the University of Göttingen in Germany in 1927. After research at other institutions, he joined the physics department at the University of California, Berkeley, where he became a full professor in 1936. He made significant contributions to theoretical physics, including achievements in quantum mechanics and nuclear physics, such as the Born-Oppenheimer approximation for molecular wave functions, work on the theory of electrons and positrons, the Oppenheimer-Phillips process in nuclear fusion, and the first prediction of quantum tunneling. With his students, he also made contributions to the theory of neutron stars and black holes, 
quantum field theory and the interactions of cosmic rays. In 1942, Oppenheimer was recruited to work on the Manhattan Project, and in 1943, he was appointed director of the project's Los Alamos Laboratory in New Mexico, tasked with developing the first nuclear weapons. His leadership and scientific expertise were instrumental in the project's success. On July 16, 1945, he was present at the first test of the atomic bomb, Trinity. In August 1945, the weapons were used against Japan in the bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, the only use to date of nuclear weapons in an armed conflict. So far. That's what to date means. In 1947, Oppenheimer became the director of the Institute for Advanced Study in Princeton, New Jersey, and chaired the influential General Advisory Committee of the newly created U.S. Atomic Energy Commission. He lobbied for international control of nuclear power to avert nuclear proliferation and a nuclear arms race with the Soviet Union. He opposed the development of the hydrogen bomb during a 1949-1950 governmental debate on the question and subsequently took positions on defense-related issues that provoked the ire of some U.S. government and military factions. During the second Red Scare, Oppenheimer's stances, together with his past associations with the Communist Party USA, led to the revocation of his security clearance following a 1954 security hearing. This effectively ended his access to the government's atomic secrets, and thus his career as a nuclear physicist. Stripped also of his direct political influence, Oppenheimer continued to lecture, write, and work in physics. In 1963, he was awarded the Enrico Fermi Award as a gesture of political rehabilitation. He died four years later from throat cancer. Although he is widely regarded as one of the most significant historical figures of the 20th century for his creation of the atomic bomb, Oppenheimer's legacy has remained highly controversial. Many have noted his significant contribution to quantum mechanics and theoretical physics as well as his deep regret for creating the bomb, while others have argued that the creation of the bomb precipitated the atomic age and the Cold War, negating his achievements and personal ethics. His description of people's initial reaction to the Trinity test using the Bhagavad Gita passage, quote, Now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds, has become one of the most iconic quotes in modern history. In December 2022, U.S. Secretary of Energy Jennifer Graham ordered that the 1954 decision to revoke Oppenheimer's security clearance be vacated. Now I become Barbie, the destroyer of worlds. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Were you looking for any sort of response? I don't know, but I saw it on a t-shirt and I really liked it. Got it. Wiki listeners, you can support us by listening to this message while you cope with everything you just heard. Thank you for listening to that message, everybody. Come on, let's go destroy the worlds together. Yeah, destruction. Early career, scientific work. That's right, we're skipping a whole bunch of passages. You can read the rest of this on your own. Oppenheimer did important research in theoretical astronomy, especially as related to general relativity and nuclear theory, nuclear physics, spectroscopy, and quantum field theory, including its extension into quantum electrodynamics. The formal mathematics of relativistic quantum mechanics also attracted his attention, although he doubted its validity. His work predicted many later finds, which include the neutron, meson, and neutron star. Initially, his major interest was the theory of the continuous spectrum, and his first published paper in 1926 concerned the quantum theory of molecular band spectra. He developed a method to carry out calculations of its transition probabilities. He calculated the photoelectric effect for hydrogen and x-rays, obtaining the absorption coefficient at the k-edge. His calculations accorded with observations of the x-ray absorption of the sun, but not helium. Years later, it was realized that the sun was largely composed of hydrogen and that his calculations were correct. Wow. This guy is pretty smart. Yeah, super smart. Almost as smart as me. Oppenheimer made important contributions to the theory of cosmic ray showers and started work that eventually led to descriptions of quantum tunneling. In 1931, he co-wrote a paper on the relativistic theory of the photoelectric effect with his student Harvey Hall, in which, based on empirical evidence, he correctly disputed Dirac's assertion that two of the energy levels of the hydrogen atom have the same energy. Subsequently, one of his doctoral students, Willis Lamb, determined that this was a consequence of what became known as the Lamb Shift, for which Lamb was awarded the Nobel Prize in Physics in 1955. With his first doctoral student, Melba Phillips, Oppenheimer worked on calculations of artificial radioactivity under bombardment by deuterons. When Ernest Lawrence and Edwin McMillan bombarded nuclei with deuterons, they found the results agreed closely with the predictions of George Gamow. But when higher energies and heavier nuclei were involved, the results did not conform to the theory. In 1935, Oppenheimer and Phillips worked out a theory, now known as the Oppenheimer-Phillips process, to explain the results. This theory is still in use today. As early as 1930, Oppenheimer wrote a paper that essentially predicted the existence of the positron. This was after a paper by Paul Dirac proposed that electrons could have both a positive charge and a negative energy. Dirac's paper introduced an equation known as the Dirac equation that unified quantum mechanics, special relativity, and the then-new concept of electron spin to explain the Zeeman effect. Oppenheimer, drawing on the body of experimental evidence, rejected the idea that the predicted positively charged electrons were protons. 
He argued that they would have to have the same mass as an electron, whereas experiments showed that protons were much heavier than electrons. Two years later, Carl David Anderson discovered the positron for which he received the 1936 Nobel Prize in Physics. In the late 1930s, Oppenheimer became interested in astrophysics, most likely through his friendship with Richard Tolman, resulting in a series of papers. In the first of these, a 1938 paper co-written with Robert Serber titled On the Stability of Stellar Neutron Cores, Oppenheimer explored the properties of white dwarfs. This was followed by a paper co-written with one of his students, George Volkov, on massive neutron cores in which they demonstrated that there was a limit, the so-called Tolman-Oppenheimer-Volkov limit, to the mass of stars beyond which they would not remain stable as neutron stars and would undergo gravitational collapse. In 1939, Oppenheimer and another of his students, Hartland Snyder, produced the paper on continued gravitational contraction, which predicted the existence of what are today known as black holes. After the Born-Oppenheimer approximation paper, these papers remain his most cited and were key factors in the rejuvenation of astrophysical research in the United States in the 1950s, mainly by John A. Wheeler. That makes me really happy. All right. That was almost good. I was like, that's almost a good joke. It was so close. What could have made it better? Instead of you saying that would have made me really happy if you would have said something where you worked the guy's name in again so you could like, you know, connect it better. Like um like when Wheeler was inspired by Oppenheimer, discovering Oppenheimer's work work must have made him really happy. Mm, you know, so you kinda connected to him more. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah. know what? I was ready to just like put down whatever you had to say because I was angry that you told me that my joke was almost good, but you're right. Your version <laughs> is better. I'll give it to you. I'm glad there's a recording of this. Oppenheimer's papers were considered difficult to understand, even by the standards of the abstract topics he was expert in. He was fond of using elegant, if extremely complex, mathematical techniques to demonstrate physical principles, though he was sometimes criticized for making mathematical mistakes presumably out of haste. His physics was good, said his student Snyder, but his arithmetic awful. After World War II, Oppenheimer published only five scientific papers, one of which was in biophysics and none after 1950. Murray Geldman, a later Nobelist who, as a visiting scientist, worked with him at the Institute for Advanced Study in 1951, offered this opinion. He didn't have sitzfleisch, sitting flesh, when you sit on a chair, as far as I know, he never wrote a long paper or did a long calculation, anything of that kind. He didn't have patience for that. His own work consisted of little apercas, but quite brilliant ones. But he inspired other people to do things, and his influence was fantastic. I had to keep my mic muted while you read that quote because I was laughing at you because in order to do that voice, you had to like keep your lips flared up and out. Um, yes, it, sometimes you have to make faces with voices. It's just the way it goes. Apparently. <laughs> so there's some background on Mr. J. Ops. And tomorrow you'll get to hear all about the Manhattan Project. Yes, indeed. 
This is actually a really fun article. I love articles where amazing people do amazing things. It's kind of awesome. It is kind of awesome. The fact that he made his papers overly complex is not awesome. That's not how science is supposed to work. But you know what? He did some other cool stuff. This has been the Wikipedia page for J. Robert Oppenheimer, part one of two. Thanks for listening to Wikilisten. You can find us at wikilisten.com and on all social media and on TikTok at Wikilisten, except for Twitter, which is at wiki underscore listen. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because it really helps us out. Check us out on YouTube for more content. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button with your gigantic explosive. If there's a particular page you'd like us to read, let us know. We will read it.